At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. I've been saying for a while now that the cannabis industry is going to create a lot of work for the HVAC industry. It's kind of blowing up these days. Let's think about this for a minute. Up in Canada here, we're, we're legalized across the board. Down in the U.S., we got some states that are legalized. Not all of them, but, I mean, this is a trending thing. This could snowball. Who knows what's going to happen in the coming years. But all of these rooms, they need to be maintained. Temperature and humidity. That's where the HVAC technician comes in to install, service, and maintain this equipment. Some high-end stuff here. Um, people are making a lot of money on this, and they're willing to put out some dollars to get this done. All right, I got a great guest on the podcast today. His name's Jake Anzaldua. He's he's out of Colorado. Okay, he's got a business called GrowTech Systems. Jake was a grower, and now he's an HVAC tech. He's putting the two sciences, the science of growing and the science of HVAC, the science of refrigeration, to work to build these rooms and to help his growers put out some high-end product. Okay, guys, you're going to want to listen. I learned. You're going to learn. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. All right, guys, True Tech Tools a minute. And I think that if you're an installer, you do Resi systems, you do VRFs, I think a bender is something that you probably want to have in your truck to make your installs look tight, uh, less fittings, it looks more professional. And I was scrolling through the True Tech Tools webpage, truetechtools.com, and I saw a Hilmer compact bender, quarter inch to seven eighths is the range on it. It's regular 500 and some odd dollars. Okay, the thing is on sale right now for 173 and change. That seems like a a fabulous deal to me, guys. So check it out at truetechtools.com. As always, with promo code KNOWITALL, K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L. Save 8% on your purchase, and I'll drop the preferred Testo link in the podcast notes. So I've been playing around with the Testo 417 rotating vane and anemometer. Been flashing pictures of it online. Very cool tool. All right, there's a menu in the tool that I want to explain to you guys, and I kind of explained it a little bit on social media during the week. You have to input a K factor of a grill. If you're going to do a traverse of a grill, we need to input the K factor. Now let me explain to you what that is. The K factor is basically the free area of the grill. So think of a grill in front of you, um, and think of the grill members going horizontally or vertically, or both, right? Um, those grill members cause restriction. In between those members is free area. That's what we need to input into the tool. 
So basically as a percentage. Now there's a way to get free area and it sounds confusing, but just hang with me and I'll explain how you get it. And this information I'm about to tell you um, was forwarded over to me by Jason Rende. He was on the podcast a few weeks ago regarding load calcs and airflow and whatnot. And this is the information he's passed on. So thank you, Jason. Guys, you can go check out his podcast um, after you're done with this one. Now, in order to get K-Factor, you need to reach out to the manufacturer of the grill and get the AK factor of the grill. That is given to you in um, units of square feet. Okay, the free area of the grill in square feet. That's the AK factor. In order to get the K factor, you need to measure your grill. All right, it's probably going to be in inches, but you need to convert that measurement to square feet. All right, so the units are the same in this equation. And then you take the AK factor and divide it by the grill measurement. Once you do that, you'll get a percentage. That's your K factor. That's what you input into the tool. So thank you, Jason, for that info. Okay, very, very important. Uh, guys that carry Series 41 uh, compound gauges, okay, Series 41 manifolds, the compound gauges by Yellow Jacket. I don't know if you guys are, are keeping your manifolds, but it's a good idea too, instead of throwing them out, because there's a rebuild kit that's available for them by Yellow Jacket with everything you need. Okay, you strip the manifold down to bare bones, new seals, uh, new handles, new nuts, everything. All right. The kit's available uh, through Yellow Jacket. You probably you might have to special order from your supplier, but if you go to yellowjacket.com, you click on the HVAC tools and uh, you click on the uh, the compound gauge section, I believe it's in, and scroll through, you'll see it. it's a, it's a yellow uh, little case, and it's got all the bits and pieces to rebuild your manifold set. Last thing we want to do is have a leaking manifold set when we're testing, charging, you name it, right? So check those out. Um, something I can't believe I haven't brought up before is I was walking through a supply house the other day, and I noticed that um, all the new Nylog bottles are, are out on the shelves now the new bottles have a different tip on them the tip end is a little bit smaller so when after you're finished applying it uh, you have a little bit less of a mess there okay it's it's um pretty unique what they've done with it to cut down on that mess maybe you want to stick your your bottle of nylog inside a ziploc bag anyway just in case um, it explodes in your bag if if a tool slams against it or something like that. But that tip, while using it, will help reduce that mess. Something else I thought was really cool is that there was a section of shelf that was open um, at the end of the aisle, and they were bringing in a shipment of Viper, like a lot of it, Viper um, coil cleaner in the red aerosol can, the degreaser coil cleaner. Um, and they were stocking that shelf up. And the other coil cleaners on the shelf, there was a lot less of them the spacing, <laughs> you know what I mean? The spacing for that product, a lot less of it. And there's this big, huge space at the end of the aisle for the Viper stuff. So it's moving off the shelves, guys. Um, and the Nylog bottle has been upgraded with the little tip uh, for less mess. Guys, um, Cool Air products, they want to break the mold, the old school thinking on internal leak sealants. The old school thinking is we're going to clog up a system, yes, because polymer-based stuff, chemical reaction to air and moisture, it hardens. That's what it does. That's what it's meant to do. 
Um, the oil-based sealants that's been developed by Cool Air Products does not work that way. It works by way of chemical, or sorry, not chemical reaction, by mechanical action. Different, okay? It works like when you have a cut, blood flowing by that cut and sealing that cut layer by layer by layer. If I'm explaining it to you, that is sort of um, the best comparison that there is to the way it works. So guys, they're going to break the mold on that. It's just going to take a little bit of time for all the old school heads to kind of overcome. And the thing is, if you have a system that's 20 years old, it's got a leaky evap, it's going to be changed anyway, throw it in there and try it out. Don't charge your customer for it if you're experimenting with. If you know it's going to be changed out in a couple of weeks, throw it in and try it out. Get used to the the way it it um it, it ejects into the system. Get confident with the fact that it's not going to clog up your tools and whatnot. That's probably the best time to try it out because um, it really will make a difference over time on these leaky evaps for customers that don't have the money to change them out, uh, lead time, scheduling, all that kind of stuff. Field Pulse, guys, their, set, their app Simply Send is there for you guys to, to try for free, use for free for as long as you want, estimating and invoicing. And also, Field Pulse obviously has their service business software that includes all kinds of stuff like invoicing, uh, estimating work orders, uh, scheduling, CRM, fleet management, all that good stuff. What's up, Jake? How you doing tonight, man? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Um, you know, uh, getting bombarded with snow here in Toronto for the last two days, I would say two and a half days. It's been nonstop, uh, freezing rain, rain and snow. It keeps changing, but it's all sticking. So, I mean, <laughs> I had to dig my uh, truck. Yeah. I had to dig my truck out this morning from about three feet of snow at the end of my driveway, which wasn't fun, but, um, wow. Yeah, but and then tonight I come home and I have to take out the snowblower and deal with that. But that's part of where I, I live, so I got to deal with it anyway. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about <laughs> you and your expertise and some cool stuff that you're into. And listen, I checked out your Instagram page at GrowTech Systems, right? That's the name of it. Yep, GrowTech Systems. Okay, so I checked out your page, and everybody else should too, because it's a cool little page. You got a lot of good pictures up there and you have a couple uh cool like little one minute videos that it looks like you had uh professionally done that that are pretty neat as well uh but but let's get into what what you do um what's your profession in the hvac industry well it, it's it it's a lot of things um you know we we build environments uh mechanically for the cannabis business um and, uh, and just to give you an idea how important mechanical is, I mean, it's without refrigeration, mechanical, we'd, we'd all be in the dark ages with beer, food. I mean, you name it. I mean, without that, uh, you know, it, you know, there would be some serious problems. But, you know, the same rule kind of falls with with the cannabis business. Uh, you, you know, most people think, oh, we well, can just grow, you know, grow the product outside. But. It, you, you really can't uh, into for for my for for this industry to grow quality A grade cannabis. Most people for doing it inside for various reasons, security. Uh, you know, you can control the environment naturally. 
with the mechanical systems, but it's literally 75% of the equation. If, if you cannot get the environment correct, uh, you will fail. And it's it, it seems like a simple theory, but it's actually, you know, pretty can be complicated if you don't understand the biology of the plants and and uh, what these guys are trying to do underneath the light. Uh, there's a lot of temperature and humidity flexibilities that shows an absolute curveball, uh, you know, with mechanical and, you know, there's a million, you know, different mechanical systems out there, but, you know, these are all 410 systems. Uh, you know, there, you know, you could have single stage compressors in there, variable speed stuff. I mean, it becomes a symphony of, of, of mechanical stuff that, 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 that you're trying to create to, to give this environment uh, you know, a consistent or not consistent temperature humidity. And most of these temperatures are flowing at 79, 80 degrees. That's the sweet spot with a vapor pressure deficit. Um, that's plant terminology of, of 70% humidity. So from an, you know, if you're, if from a mechanical standpoint, you're like, Oh, you know, that's not, you know, those are air conditioning temperatures. But, uh, you know, it's the, the whole science behind it is not what they teach you in school. I mean, you don't set the temperature at 72 degrees and expect the room to be 72 degrees. Naturally, that would work in comfort cooling, but this is more of a process cooling slash data room server type of application where you set the temperature at 72 and you're planning out at 79, which is totally goes against every rule in the book. Yeah, exactly. So you and I, I, I want to get into the, the science and stuff. Um, and, and, and basically what the equipment and what we're going to install and the size of the rooms and all that in a few minutes. But what we usually do in the beginning of the podcast is just get to know the guests a little bit more and kind of your background. How did you get into this side of the industry? Like, how did you, um, was this something that you always wanted to do? Did you fall into it? Did you have the kind of, um, background on plants in the past? Because we talked about it being a science and refrigeration is a science on its own, but we're combining now the science of, of plants. So it's, you're combining these two sciences together to get everything, uh, in perfect harmony. So, I mean, I guess before we get into that, kind of how did, how did you get into this part of the industry? You know, I, I really never, uh, you know, thought I'd ever be in the HVAC industry. I definitely was a grower first. Okay. Um, you know, back in the day and, you know, I had a, a, a best friend who, you know, went to Johnstone school and, and, and he always talked about HVAC and then I started helping him out on the business side and, and, uh, you know, just picked up a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, of course that relationship felt, you know, I mean, partnerships <laughs> usually don't go to, go go the way you want it and so i was the face of the company and and uh you know you know he was you know we had broke up and and uh so i you know kind of on the back burner i ended up putting myself through school and keeping the knowledge i had but you know i i was also uh you know heavily involved in uh you know the cannabis industry and and uh you know sharpening up my skills there but uh i i quickly realized that you know you know Back then, if you knew about, you know, the proper temperatures and humidity and, 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 and you paid attention to creating a perfect environment, you can do very well on the growing side. And nobody around me was, you know, uh, doing that great. I mean, back then, you know, expectations were pretty low. But today, you know, they're pretty high. But 
I ended up starting my own company and uh, I've, uh, I've been in business for seven years now, a little longer than that, but, um, you know, I'm on my own and, and I'm well-rounded on the garden side, but you really got to, you really got to understand what these guys go through to be a good HVAC and a cannabis side. So I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, I think, you know, most people don't understand, you know, when you build one of these things out, that is super important because you're going to be able, you're going to have to be able to talk to your, you know, to your customer, your client, just like in any, you know, just like in any other field, you know, uh, you know, in this industry, you got to know what your customer wants, but uh, to make this equipment do what we do, uh, you know, it's process cooling but it's it's definitely got a, a lot of twist to it and a lot of hvac companies don't sign up for it they don't want to be sued uh they don't understand it but you know luckily i understand you know how you know how to grow the product really um and that's what makes me a better hvac guy yeah cool and and, and obviously yeah because i mean just like walking into a server room you need to know the temperature and humidity and airflow and of a server room and the science behind that. And if you're good at that, you can um, engineer and design and install the proper equipment, just like in a cannabis grow room. Um, so take us through kind of like a typical design install that you would do for, I don't know, the, the, the average uh, grow facility, if, if you will. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for example, right now we're we're building out Noku Labs. Uh, you can see, you know, the progress on Instagram. Uh, you know, we got a bunch of videos coming out. At the end, there'll be like a short documentary. But it's it's going to be the most efficient facility in probably northern Colorado, definitely Fort Collins. But they saw us on Instagram. They saw the work we did. You know, our, our design. We use SketchUp 3D modeling. But you know, uh, you know, we kind of take the same approach as an engineer. You know. I kind of know what they go, you know, you know what they're going to look at, but you know, there's your, your general heat loads, your square footage, your cubic feet, your R values and stuff like that. Those are just general givens, you know, you know, this place is 5,000 square feet. So of course we looked at it as a whole and when we designed it, uh, you know, we put, you know, our, our level of expertise of how it should be built room size, uh, vegetation rooms, flower rooms, how many watts are in the rooms and really the, the size of the, the, the flower rooms and, you know, the growing rooms dictate how many lights can go in there uh, realistically and that, and that light and, and then that, that light count and that wattage uh, calculation, watts to tons conversion, we take that into account and then we come up with an HVAC, uh, you know, how many tons we need in there. And then, and then we start dividing them there like, okay, what's their style of growing? Uh, are they going to be, uh, you know, having this temperature, you know, week one through five, and then are they going to bring down their temperature and their humidity week six, seven, and eight? And it, 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 it becomes kind of complex because, you know, nowadays what these guys are trying to do is they're trying to basically mimic the best of Mother Nature. You know, uh, I, I call it San Diego weather because it's like 79 degrees, you know, except, you know, the humidity has got to be, 70% the whole time and then and then at the very end you're kind of mimicking fall where you bring down the temperature the last two three weeks slowly and you bring down the uh, the humidity to get that real nice product of terps you know coming out of you know the, you know the smell the look uh, of the cannabis plant and you really fine-tune it with the HVAC equipment the temperature and the, you can really shape that product with 
with uh, uh, temperature and humidity. And so you have to have you have to very have a very good plan going in with the mechanical. You can't just stick a rooftop on the side of the roof and then you know hit the thermo. It it just doesn't work that way. It's it's uh, it's hard to explain really. <laughs> I guess I'm just you know thinking how those guys think in the room of how you're trying to make that product uh, look and you know look and uh, uh, taste uh, smoke you know all that type of stuff. And then it, it, it all. It all is related to the HVAC. Yeah, exactly. So when I you, mean, I could go on forever about this stuff, but oh, it's, I uh, know you could. <laughs> yeah, we're, you, we're we're engineering our own deal. We're not engineers, but I mean, there isn't an engineer that's going to tell me, "Hey, look, you should do it this way." On this project, the engineers are actually excited to work with us, and they wanted to learn. We wanted to learn from them too, but now we have a couple engineers in our back pocket that that that, that kind of go with our flow. And don't really change anything, you know. We do our 3D, you know, 3D model, uh, our design. Uh, nothing was changed, and the engineer, I think, it made their job easier. But uh, the only thing they really double checked on us was our heat loads. Mm-hmm. But we had everything else, you know, in line, you know, to make this, you know, to make this place pop. I have very expectations. I have a lot of high expectations for this place. Nice. And uh, you know, the it's, the story's not over yet. You know, in the end, when that you know they create a phenomenal product, that's what's really going to be the cherry on the top for us. So I, I want to create kind of a visual for myself and and everybody listening on what this facility looks like. So do we have um, an outer shell and then rooms built inside of the outer shell type thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way you got to do it. It's called a, a you know CEA. There's different names for it. Close, you know, closed environment, closed loop. But we don't really, you know, back in the day, you know, people were, you know, had the hoods where the air would go through. You bring an hour outside, and you, and you, caught, you, you, you would just create the, the level of, of, uh, you know, the quality of the product and, you know, the yields of the product were not at the, at the level they are these days, just because of those primitive factors. Nowadays, you don't want to bring any outside influence, any air from outside. You want to create an art, artificial environment. With CO2, uh, you know, there's companies that come to your facility, fill up your CO2 tanks. There's, you know, depending on the codes and stuff, uh, and, and what the season allow. Now the season allow uh, no, you know, no makeup air, no, no air exchange, uh, you know, stuff like that. Before they were doing that, and that's where people were getting these rooftop units, and they were okay back then. But uh, you know, a rooftop unit and carriers already stated it's not the right application. You know, they're you know they're making people sign white papers nowadays. You're on your own basically. It's just not the right application. And you know, it's you know, over the years we've kind of figured out what the best application is. Uh, and you definitely want the coil inside, and and you want a split system. So uh, no outside influence at all. Um, although all of our one thing we do different from anybody else is all of our water is recondensed back into its liquid form, and this facility will actually 90% of its water, everyday water watering, will come from plant transpiration and the recondensing of the water vapor from the aluminum coils, and it'll go back into a water management system, and they take it from there. But the water is literally like hydrologic water; it's 7.0 you know, pH zero parts per million, just like rain. Wow. So yeah, that's a great idea. So you don't have to treat that water at all. 
after it goes down the drain and you don't have to do any treatment no, to because, it. No, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot, you know, there's some bad PR on condensate water. And, yeah, I mean, if your coils are dirty and, and you get, you know, uh, not aluminum coil and they're just old, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can maybe trace some stuff, but, you know, you, you, you can filter it after that. Anything's better than tap water, let me tell you. Yeah. I mean, if people knew what what their water where their water traveled through before it got to their house. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even, let's not even go there, but, uh, with our, you know, with the program we put on, I mean, our coals are aluminum. And so, you know, those aluminum coils are going to last for a while. And, and quest, uh, quest, uh, uh, the, the company that makes most of the dehumidifiers for, you know, for this industry, they, you know, their you know, their sister company in Santa Fe and they make commercial dehumidifiers and that was one of their one of their questions on their facts on their website, on their facts page is can you use this water? And you can. And they actually did three independent uh laboratory tests and you know the the water actually through their systems tested out better than tap water in parts per per millions. They did tests in parts per billions. So yeah, you probably may maybe don't want to drink it because there's literally no minerals in it. After the plant transpires that water, it's as pure as it can get, and then those coils recondense it. But yeah, it's going to taste funny because there's no minerals in it. Yeah, but it's got at its purest form. And if you're concerned about metals, you just run it through a simple RO system. But for plants, it's perfect and it's totally sustainable. So once that water. Um... Where, where does it go? Back to a tank, and then it gets pumped back through um, reservoirs to where the plants are, are in, or is that how it works? Yeah, so on a typical 25,000-watt room with 25 lights, 25,000 watts, 100 plants, generally you're going to get 50 gallons of hydrologic water in 24 hours. So if your lights come on at 9 in the morning and they're on all the way till 9 at night, you're getting water 24 hours a day because your AC systems are naturally are dehuming, you know, dehumidifying. And if you're keeping a, a consistent uh, humidity level at 70%, I mean, you're going to, that's when the stomata of the plant really opens up and the metabolism really is going. And that's where you want to be is this VPD vapor pressure deficit level with that stomata, the temperature and humidity, kind of like the, the stars align there. That's what really opens up that stomata and gets those things really drinking and transpiring. And then, of course, only the purest water vapor can be evaporated, and the coils recondense it, and it goes into a storage container or their water system, and they add minerals back into the water for the next day for for watering. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was going to ask you about the construction of the actual rooms. Are you using uh, insulated panels similar to like a uh, refrigerated walk-in box is that what you're using to build the the rooms up yeah so a, a lot of a lot of city and state codes require that uh, on facilities i mean uh you know we've dealt with you know three hour firewall ratings uh you know if, if you're not going to use panels um you know but uh but yeah i mean there is a there's a few companies that make these really cool panels that are already just kind of insulated and you know they you know they're going to pass all the codes and stuff some cities have you know uh you know a uh, a a strict code but most of this stuff um you know i mean it's not anything you know out of the or you know the icc anything out of the the code a general contractor or 
that facility is not going to, you know, understand. I mean, the, the the way we're doing it now with this facility is, you know, we got a three-hour firewall, and that's just, you know, extra drywall. So there's no panels in this one, but uh, our value when we design these things, we go for a 35 or 38. So there's that way, there's no loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if there's no panels, like, what are you doing? Are you coating the walls with something so they're they're cleanable? Like yeah. with water? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we recommend it. We don't usually, you know, control that aspect unless they ask us to consult on that. But, right. you know, we kind of just built, we kind of just spill the beans and say, hey, look, you know, if you're, you know, here's, here's, we're going to do your HVAC, but here's what, here's what you got to, you know, keep in mind as well, this, 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 and that. But, you know, we're going to tell them, hey, yeah, this is how you need to build your walls. If you're not going to use the panels, I definitely would recommend you know, a, uh, a, 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 a special coating that you can clean the walls and epoxy floor, stuff like that, because we have to make people understand that this is a relationship between the industrial world, the mechanical world, and also just it's, it's a high powered greenhouse. So it's not like a clean room, but it's not like a everyday greenhouse where you got a dirt floor and you got, you know, plastic, you know, walls and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, totally enclosed. And, uh, um, you know, when you're running a high humidity, you know, in these rooms, it could be hard on equipment, uh, electrical, you know, electrical, mechanical. So you got to go with, you know, some of the best stuff. I mean, we got coils, aluminum coils out there, uh, older than seven years. And we've only gone through probably two ECM motors in seven years. You know, you know, we found the tricks on those as well. But um, if that unit's running, you know, on a 12, you know, 12, you know, 12 hour cycle, uh, you know, they seem to last longer rather than satisfying, you know, shutting off, coming on, shutting off. But when we design them that way, we make sure that they're sized right so that that unit's running the whole 12 hours of the flower cycle. Nice. So as far as the um, the filtration are you are are you just using the the filters that the uh, the fan coil comes with? Or are you doing something different? And and if so, like how are you cleaning the coils if they become uh, like are you worry about mold or anything like that building up within the coils? Over yeah, time? I mean, I mean that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of older facilities with rooftops, and they're kind of just stuck with what they got. But if they these days, uh, all these states have pretty strict rules i mean it's it's kind of funny because there's more regulation on on uh on on cannabis and how it's grown than it is how your own food's grown i mean uh it, it, that that's the that's the sad reality uh yeah you don't want to use pesticides herbicides but if they're you know some of these older facilities are bringing air from outside you could get bugs mites uh you know if you hit if you get that problem it just and and infestates itself and then you're then you're forced to take action with pesticides and herbicides and if any of the testing detects that your product has that you're basically done i mean you're not going to be able to sell it yeah and that could just take you out in one shot right there mm-hmm. so mold and stuff like that is a very real threat uh if your coils are contaminated with mold yeah you're going to have, have to do a heck of a cleaning job but uh the way we do it with the coils inside on a split system yeah, if you know, most guys these days are using cocoa, which is not very, or you know, it's semi-organic, 
um, you know, it's basically chopped up coconut, you know, nuts and, you know, all shredded up or some people do hydro, you know, hydroponics where there's not really a mess to go in the coil at all, but you got some people still doing dirt and that's really, that can be really a pain in the ass for, you know, for, for maintenance and cleaning. I mean, I mean, some of these things, if, if you let them go without cleaning them, it's just going to smell like a sewer up, up in there. But we recommend a, you know, every round, and some of these guys are getting six rounds in a year. So every time that round comes down, we go in with a high-pressure sprayer, uh, you know, some not-so-harsh chemicals, and just really do a cleaning on those coils, um, you know, before the next round. Cool. So if if I heard you right, they're actually using coconut as the growing medium for the plants. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. So is that is that a good absorbent of water? Is that why? Well, yeah, it it looks kind of like it, it kind of looks like dirt, but it's it's called cocoa core. So, uh, you know, the 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 husk on the outside of that coconut, that's kind of what you see. But that's a big business. I mean, most people that's their medium and then you have to mix up your nutrients you know, just, you know, you're, again, you're mimicking, you know, dirt, you know, the quality is dirt and, and some people are straight organic and they, and, and they have their own, you know, dirt and there's different, you know, variances of the dirt. I mean, it could be part cocoa, part dirt or part this or part that, but, you know, you know, it's quite complicated, you know, what's out there these days, but, uh, you know, you know, there's a checklist, a do's and don'ts that we give the customers, you know, do, service or units don't, uh, you know, have your units on when you're transplanting from pot to pot because that stuff gets up in there and it's going to gum me up. Okay. I gotcha. Awesome. Um, so I did want to ask you about the, the split systems that you're using. Uh, are you using like VRF, um, systems? We use a single stage compressor as kind of a workhorse for the room. So for example, on a 25 light room, you know, that, 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 uh, at the R value is 35, we got a 10 foot ceiling and the customer's trying to maintain a temperature, a steady temperature of 79, 78. We're going to put a, a five ton split system in there and, you know, we're going to use the AHU TXV ECM motor and that's going to cover about 15 to 17,000 watts. So when that plant goes from vegetative state to flower state, uh, they're, you know, they could a, you know, flip the lights, go into flower mode. And once you go to 12, 12 flower mode, that triggers the plant to start producing flowers. It's going to happen in two, three weeks. But if they do that, they're, you know, they're going to, you know, a single stage compressor, it's either on or off. So you can't really, you know, you don't want to short cycle it, but you don't want to oversize it either. But then that's where the other 10 tons or the other five tons, this is 10 tons total, just, just so you know. So okay. 25,000 watts, um, you know, you're going to need 10 tons. Um, and, and in Colorado, you may not, not need 10 tons sometimes, but maybe a little less. And that's where we put a five ton, like an LG unit per se, with, uh, uh, you know, one high static head or two, two high static heads. So it'd be three heads in the room, one big coil, and then you got two smaller VRF coils 
where you can modulate down 40%. So that way you're not short cycling the room because as soon as that AC satisfies, if you don't size it it right, then you get a humidity spike. And as soon as it comes on, then it goes back down. You don't want your your temperature and and, uh, humidity fluctuations in that room to go up and down all day because you're just going to, you know, lose your crop. Nice. Okay. Well, that's a smart way of doing it. So we use a combination of both. That way we get full flexibility without short cycling, you know, the systems. The five ton will stay running the full 12 hours. That's how we'll design it. And then the, the variable speed, uh, we can play around with temperature and the thermostat a whole lot more. Yeah. So the five tons, basically your, your kind of first stage and the variable speed is kind of like a second stage. Basically, yeah. yeah, basically it's the workhorse. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. And we've seen, you know, older facilities try to, you know, you know, these engineers who don't understand what's going on in it, we've seen them try to put like a, like a two, like a two ton, you know, big giant economizer. So it just doesn't work, you know, that, that well at all. Uh, you, you really got to go with smaller systems, uh, and smaller rooms, to, you know, to, you know, to really make this work. We've seen a lot of facilities. It's just, it's just Bill, it's not their fault. You know, they had nobody else to you know tackle such a large job like that but these engineers think one way sometimes they don't understand what's going on in the room i mean we i mean we've seen this you know there's one particular facility that's got eight 27 ton you know two-stage trains on the roof that created an ice rink on the roof because on the roof because you know the engineers failed to you know, understand that that room with 50,000 watts is going to produce a ton of water and in the winter time this stuff's going to freeze and you know these things aren't you know it's kind of open containers i mean they had bug problems mold problems you name it yeah exactly and you, and you have the potential of it if it's cold enough that the uh the the p-trap is going to freeze up on the off cycles right possibly and then the water won't drain and spill back into the right room. yeah <laughs> right so you got that problem but i mean we opened up that that train unit and I told my, you know, I mean, it was ru- literally rusting and it wasn't even two years old, but you, you can imagine if you got 70% humidity going up and, you know, going up to that return and it's cold and outside, it's yeah. 80 degrees inside and it's zero degrees outside. Uh, I mean, that whole thing's just sweating. Yeah. Those contactors were rusting. Uh, and I, and, you know, at, at, at three phase, I'm not touching it. <laughs> yeah. No. So they actually didn't make it. Uh, um, the last time, the last time I talked, unfortunately, uh, they they couldn't pass um, some tests on their product. They couldn't figure out why. I know they had mold issues, but but they couldn't sell any of their cannabis. Really, I, that sucks because of that problem. Hmm. So, so a cu- couple more questions before we kind of wrap yeah. things up. Um, what sort of um, like what sort of profits do these play? Like but this place you're, you're, you're building right now. Um, and if you can speak on it, like if you can, it's fine. But what kind of profit would a place like that make in a year? Um, or what kind of uh, value of the product uh, produced in a year kind of be um, if they were to sell it to whoever, like if they were selling it to dispensaries or um, pharmacies or wherever it's going, right? What sort of yield would they expect to make on that? Well, right now in Colorado, uh, with with the legal market, I mean, if you're growing some really good product, and hopefully a lot of it, I mean, you're able to get, you know, for flour, you know, $1,500, you know, a pound or something like that. 
Okay. If it's not very good quality, you know, it could go into processing. It could be, you know, any, anything from, you know, going to like food or, you know, uh, oil or some gummies or something like that. That's where really all that stuff goes is the stuff that doesn't make the cut for flour, um, you know, usually goes there. But, but now the thing is, is, you know, they, you know, they're, you know, it's a two license place. So they're, you know, it's a rosin press. So basically what they're doing nowadays is, you know, there's a lot of value in, you take a raw product of flour and it's all dried or freeze dried you can press it in these in these tremendous you know presses that put a tremendous tremendous amount of weight on the product and it it basically you know liquefies it and you get the the real value properties coming out of it instead of just the you know the physical properties mm-hmm. so you'll start getting down into the composition of the plant, um, and, and extracting that. So, and there's a lot of products that are made from this. I mean, you got vape pens is a big deal, you know, uh, food, uh, you know, I mean, there's a million products. I mean, I'm not, I mean, this is just the THC side, but now you got the hemp. I mean, the hemp's just going to dwarf the THC side and, and we're already seeing that. I mean, there's, I mean, from bras and panties to, I mean, to, <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, stopping, you know, child a child seizure. I mean, that's where CBD is going. I mean, there's you, there's a million things you can make out of this stuff, and it's it's such an amazing plant, and uh, it's just going to be great for the HVAC industry. I mean, you figure for every three thousand watts, you're going to need one ton of cooling. I mean, mm-hmm. the amount of watts out there is astronomical. So someone's going to be doing these, you know, these facilities and someone's going to be providing cooling for this industry. And and, I mean, it's a huge boost to the HVAC industry if you're willing to take one of these jobs on. Oh, massive boost. And I've been saying that for a long time. Um, And I did a podcast actually in, I think it was July with uh, a guy up here in Canada, Dan, who actually had an experience um, installing and I, I don't know if he installed, but I know he commissioned all the the um, the equipment that went in, and he said it was such a cool experience. And so I mean, and, and the company that I work for, um, we have a division, a gas division, and and I think it's Bach. I don't know if Bach Gas is a, is a thing in the U.S. I think it's Bach Gas as they hire this division in my company to um, run the CO2 and that for the. Um, mm for for the rooms and actually that's something i didn't ask you how how are you getting co2 into these rooms for the plants well there's two ways uh you know the private market i like to call i don't like to call it the black market i like to call it the private market but you know most of these guys will use co2 tanks or a burner system to where you got lp gas coming into the system and it, you know, it, it burns it to make CO2. Well, that's against code most of the time because you don't have, you know, you don't have a flu or a vent to vent that carbon monoxide. But yeah, it's a sealed uh, room. On, on a on a yeah, on a professional facility where you know it's state and city regulated, there's companies that will come out there and set up a room. You know, you'll have to dedicate a room for it, but they have a co2 tank that they set up and they come in with their truck and they just kind of fill your co2 up oh okay and gotcha. you just kind of set you know you just set the perimeters of how much co2 you want but a typical room is probably going to be i mean 400 parts per million is natural 
Mm-hmm. And I've seen plants do just fine in that, but some of these guys are jumping it up to, you know, a thousand ppm on the CO2. And that gets, you know, you get more crystals and, and terpenes that come out in the plant. And it, it, it just makes the plant, more, you know, the, the, your, your, your product denser, uh, just more desirable to the, you know, to the industry. Yeah. You use higher CO2. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, and the <laughs> other thing I was going to mention too is the, you have some pretty cool wraps that you, uh, put around your units after you install them yeah yeah you get those you get those made up and then you just kind of wrap them on yourself or do you get somebody to come out and and do that for you no i actually uh you know the guy that's doing all the videos uh creation films he doesn't you know you know he does mostly motocross but got to know the guy and he he turned me on to one of his buddies that, that owns owns a wrapping company but I was like, you know what, man, you know, I got to do something different. I mean, most of these places, I mean, it's just HVAC sometimes is boring. And I'm I'm trying to, like, raise an eyebrow with with our branding. I mean, yeah, we don't make the units. I mean, I'm not, I don't don't have a factory. I don't have that kind of money. But uh, I I know, you know, good units that I'm going to get, you know, and I've already, you know, asked Carrier and, LG as a, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I mean, I mean, I mean, these guys are rooting me on because for one, I don't have any very many warranty claims <laughs> that, that, that helps. And you're, um, and you're, and you're, buy, and you're buying their equipment from them. So, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, a, a trade shows next, but you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something sexy with this stuff. And I don't think I'm ever going to an opportunity like, like this facility. It's literally just like down the street from our shop. So, you know, we're going to go out, you know, all out. And this is kind of the clean work we do, but, you know, we're going to document the whole job, but yeah, I mean, we're going to put some, some cool stickers on it with some pot leaves on it and, you know, on the HVAC equipment and, you know, see people seem to, people seem to respond positively about it. Uh, It looks cool. It pops. I I think the facility owners. It does. (laughs) When you you scroll through your little thumbnails on Instagram, it really, when you see the equipment with your uh, branding and that wrap, it does pop. It yeah. makes it, it makes it look legit for a grow room. It really, really does. So you guys, uh, you guys can go check that out at Grow Tech Systems on uh, Instagram. Are you also on uh, Facebook too, or are you just rolling on Instagram right now? You know, I, I try. I, I haven't been on Facebook forever. You got, you got to have a, a Facebook to have an Instagram, but uh, I, I don't have anything on Facebook. We actually have a display model in our showroom in our shop that with the same color and we got that from a 1970 dodge 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 charger color i forgot the name of the color but it was go green is is the color that we come up with people will uh will will remember it for sure oh it's a pretty it's a pretty uh sharp wrap for sure anyway man um (laughs) i think that you fit us up with like a ton of information and um i've certainly learned a lot from you and and i really do love the fact that you're recycling the water instead of bringing in new water and then we're we're kind of saving uh our resources in the environment that way so so good on you for that um but anything else you want to throw out there before we uh before we head off like you have a website um people want to check out or a phone number you want to get yeah yeah we got a website you know uh instagram i try not to give away all my ideas but if there's anybody out there that's, I mean, this industry, this industry is going to blow up, and we're, we can't build all these facilities. But I know there's a lot of contractors, you know, reaching out to us, going, "Hey, you know, I got these people wanting, wanting me to build this facility. Any tips or tricks?" And 
I mean, we do designs for people. Uh, we're doing a big one in Michigan right now. Uh, you know, 40,000 square feet. We're, we're designing that one. We're not going to install the equipment, but, uh, if, if anybody needs help with that, you know, you know, type of stuff, we could come up with a design that, that that's not going to make you look silly or, or get you sued. <laughs> cool. So, so what's you know. your, what's your website address? It's uh growtechsystems.net. Awesome. Perfect. So maybe, it's still kind of in the works a little bit. There's still need, still needs to be some things, uh, you know, put in there, but we're slowly, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting it all geared up to do more business. Cool, man. All right. Well, I appreciate you getting on the podcast and, uh, you have a great night, my man. And, uh, you know what, maybe when this facility is all finished up, we can, we can have you back on and, and see how it went. Yeah. Yeah. Look for, uh, the short documentary in the end. Cool. Cool. I will. Okay, man. Jake, thank you very much. Have a great night, buddy. Hey, it's been a pleasure, Gary. So some great uh, points there from Jake. One, having the coils in the room and not like on a roof or something and having the issue of condensation if you're in a colder climate, right? Um, I really like the fact that he's using the first set of five tons of capacity running full bore because you need that anyway. There's no point in having it um, on a VRF if you're going to be running five tons full out all the time. And then that secondary um, five tons when you need is there, but you might not need the full um, amount of capacity that that thing can put out. Maybe you only need a portion of it. And that's why the VRF is being utilized there. So those are some really good pointers. Um, and the other thing that I really like is the utilization of uh, the water that's coming off the condensate of the coils and reusing it. That is really cool. That That's a great idea. Um, you can obviously tell Jake has been doing this for a while. He's a professional at it. And he's going to have a lot of success in the coming years because he has put the time in to really solidify his knowledge in both industries. Anyway, guys, I'm out. That's the podcast. Do me a favor, guys. If you guys are listening on iTunes, shoot me an iTunes review. It just kind of helps get the podcast out there a little bit more. Um, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn as Gary McCready. But guys, that's it. Have a great day, great night, wherever you are, wherever you're at. Happy age tracking.